Wait, who's the current vice president? Kamala Harris. I love her. Why? Because she's black. Sometimes our cold opens get right to the heart of what we're doing on this program, and today is one of those days. I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's December 18th, 2023. The year is almost over, but we've got a couple more shows for you before we shut it down. We are live streaming on the Rumble, on the YouTube, and on the Locals. If you want to join us for the post-game show, it's rubinreport.locals.com. I just realized, does my voice sound a little hoarse today? I was at Josh Hammer former Rubin Report guest, got married last night. I was at his wedding, and uh, it was it was a barn burner with a lot of shots and a lot of screaming, and uh, Dave Rubin busted out the dance moves. It only happens once a year. I bust out all my Cosby moves, which, uh, well, I guess not all my Cosby moves, but uh, I do what I can out there. Anyway, I'm doing okay. It's good to be with you. And yes, that cold open uh, of how people can actually think that they like people just because of their skin color. Uh, that is the theme today. Uh, Elon Musk, over the weekend, he was in Italy and he went on a fiery tirade against the woke mind virus and DEI, which of course really should be D-I-E, as he has pointed out many times. Uh, and we're gonna see how this woke mind virus, this progressive lunacy, all of this stuff that we're always talking about, how it, it has leaked into everything. We got some clips from the Boston mayor who was a full-on racist. It leaked into the Smithsonian. Oh, and a uh, Senate staffer got banged in Amy Klobuchar's chair in the Senate chamber. <laughs> I guess we know why they call it the chamber. So uh, anyway, we're gonna talk about the immorality of DEI and uh, the collapse of our institutions and all of that stuff. Let's dive right into it. I, I, so basically we're showing you porn at the end of the show. I mean, that's like, I was not my intention and you know, I guess we're not getting monetized, but what can you do? Uh, anyway, uh, let's start with Elon Musk. He was in Italy and he had just, you know, he has this really incredible way of just, I think very cleanly and calmly explaining what the issues of the day are. Uh, here he is talking about the dangers of the woke mind virus. Yeah, that, that virus, yeah. woke mind uh, illness. What's that virus? Yeah, so so I it's coming to Europe. I have to advise you. Huh? Yes. Well, this is not something you should import from America. Please don't import the woke mind virus. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the I mean, essentially, that to summarize, maybe the woke mind virus. It consists of creating very very divisive. Um, identity politics. So it actually amplifies, woke virus, mind virus in my view, amplifies racism, amplifies, uh, frankly, sexism, and all the isms. And wh while claiming to do the opposite, it, it actually divides people and makes them uh, sort of hate each other, and it makes people hate themselves. Yeah, it makes people hate themselves. I think that has become fairly obvious when you see the purple-haired, out-of-shape, screaming people who are confused about what gender they have and all that. And, you know, uh, as I always say, it's like there were all of these people, all of these people when, say, five or six years ago, when a bunch of us were talking about identity politics and why it was dangerous, and a whole bunch of people kept saying, ah, it's just, it's never gonna leave college campuses. When these kids get out into the real world, the real world will show them what's up, but we now know that the real world basically folded like a wet paper bag. Like, it, it has infected everything, and now you have the world's richest man, the Renaissance man of our day, 
going to other countries warning, oh, don't import that stuff from the United States. Don't import these bad ideas because they are taking down our country and they are doing that uh, quite effectively. Uh, he goes a bit further talking about what they've done, what the woke mind virus has done to Disney. If we're going to fight the woke mind virus, then the woke mind virus will fight back. And unfortunately, Disney is deeply infected with the woke <laughs> mind virus. In fact, if you ask an AI, what is the most woke company on earth? It's Disney. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, and, and you have to say, what would, I mean, I think they should be asking themselves, what would Walt Disney think of Disney today? I think he's turning in his grave. <laughs> I think he's not happy. Sure, sure. You know, if, if the namesake of the company is not happy, that's probably a bad sign, you know? Because Walt Disney, what did he care about? He cared about bringing joy to people's lives. He poured, you know, um, ma making wonderful things that children and families could enjoy. Um, and, uh, you know, he was, he, he created some of the, the coolest, um, uh, you know, art in the world and stuff that even a hundred years after it's created, we still remember it. And, and still, it's still a major thing. But you have to say how great was Walt Disney. It was amazing. Um, but now, uh, D Disney, at least for now, is deeply infected with the uh, work mind virus. I think that will, you know, that will change. Over yeah, time. oh, I hope so. So the reason I wanted to show you that clip is that when, in the first clip, when he's talking about how you should not import this stuff, right? What he's saying is America is struggling right now. And of course, it's not just political side of things that we're struggling with. What we're struggling with is that our cultural institutions, Disney, which was just supposed to make great things, fun things, capture the imagination, have kids looking at that star in the distance going, I could do that. That's the beauty of stories, right? It has collapsed. And that is a problem because if we don't have anything that will capture our imagination to give us the good stories of humanity, uh, then we don't have much of a future. That's kind of where we're at in the United States right now. Uh, he goes much further. He was not happy with DEI. We're going to get to that in just a second. Let me talk to you guys about EnviroCleanse real quick. You know, if all home air purifiers are the same, then why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? Why is it used in thousands of classrooms across the country? Well, here's a couple reasons. EnviroCleanse's air purifiers have patented earth mineral technology and a hospital-grade HEPA filter. They also destroy cold and flu viruses, COVID, allergy and flaming toxins, mold, and even more. So here's EnviroCleanse's promise to you. They guarantee you'll experience far fewer colds and allergies coupled with a better night's sleep. Don't believe them? Well, they'll send you a free air quality monitor to test the difference in your home. Visit ekpure.com and use code Dave for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home air purification unit and a free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. That's $150 in savings. That's ekpure.com, promo code Dave, ekpure.com, code Dave. And now back to me. Let's throw to a tweet because Elon was just on it over the weekend about DEI. Yeah, how about this? DEI must D-I-E. The point was to end discrimination, not to replace it with different discrimination. You know, it's interesting. I think you could whittle that in a slightly different way. I kind of think the point of DEI was actually to put discrimination into everything. He's, he's given them, he's like kind of given them the best 
sort of outcome of these ideas that what they, these people, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. These were good people at these places and these people wanted equity and blah, blah, blah. I actually don't think so. I really don't think so. I think the people that push, the people that put diversity, equity, and inclusion departments in our corporations, in our government, in all of these places, I actually think most of them actually knew exactly what they were doing. They were instilling racism. They were unearthing old things that we had put to bed. But that's a, we're, just, we're just kind of splitting the difference on intentions right there. Let me show you another tweet from Elon. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are propaganda words for racism, sexism, and other isms. This is just as morally wrong as other racism and sexism. Changing the target class doesn't make it right. Quite correct, right? If you just say, we will not hire white people because of equity, or we're gonna make sure we don't have that many Jews around because they got it too good, or something like that. It's not reverse racism, it's good old fashioned racism. Now you're gonna love this. So he puts out these tweets, and this really gets us to the heart of what today's show is all about. The Director General of the World Health Organization, the WHO, his name is Tedros Adnam Gebirius, I think I pronounced that correctly, uh, he saw Elon's tweet and he retweeted it and wrote this. And listen to this. This is the head of the WHO. Do you think this organization has had a little too much uh, control over our lives after the, the three years of COVID? Check this out. Dear Elon Musk, I understand your perspective, but I respectfully disagree. I can give you many examples from my own experience and from others. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are essential principles that aim to promote fairness, equal opportunities, and respect for all individuals, regardless of their background or identity, perspectives, and experiences. These principles are about creating a more just and inclusive society. Let's work together to make sure everyone is treated with equality and dignity. Connor, leave that up for just a second, because the duplicitous double language that they're using here. So on one hand, he's saying, okay, diversity, equity, inclusion, which we know is based on judging people by race, right? Like no one's, de no one's debating that. So he's saying, Diversity, equity, and inclusion are important. And then he's saying, respect for all individuals, regardless of their background or identity, except the whole thing is based on judging people by their background and identity. So what happens when you put these really ridiculous, backwards, racist ideas into play? What does that woke world look like? Well, let's go to Boston. We don't talk about Boston too often on this show. I don't know what's going on in Boston. I, uh, you know, I like uh, the 80s Celtics. Great team, great team. But we're going to take you to Boston in one second. Let me talk to you about Moink Box real quick. 60%, uh, you guys know this, 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese. And their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China. Yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. Well, guys, there's a better way. I want to tell you about Moink. That's moo plus oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because family farming does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste, and you can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops to salmon fillets and much more. Plus, you can cancel any time. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted, and they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. 
which is exactly what happened to the Senate staffer. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get free ground beef for a year. That's one of the best ground beef you'll ever taste, but for a limited time, moinkbox.com slash Ruben, moinkbox.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, so if you want to see the idiocy, the idiocy and racism of wokeness and why Elon Musk is going to Italy to tell them, stay away from these bad ideas, Italians. Stick with keeping Italy for the Italians and don't infect your whole country with this evil. We've got a tweet here from the New York Post. We're going to Boston. Boston Mayor Michelle Wu shows off photo from electeds of color holiday party after defending gathering, a special moment. So look at that table. The mayor of Boston, that woman right there, Michelle Wu, who appears to be Asian, and generally speaking, uh, the woke mind virus is not too friendly to Asian people. Uh, there she is having a special gathering of people of color. I, it's, it's, if, if I said there's a, a whole table full of colored people there, people would say that that's racist, but they, call, they had a dinner and they said it's the electeds of color. Anyway, she has had a long history of doing this kind of nonsense. It's actually crazy that we haven't done more videos uh, about this woman, but here she is defending her, her holiday party without white people. Given some of the strife that exists though in this council, do you concern this lends itself at all to further divisiveness? No, I mean, um, again, this is a, a, a group that has been in place for many, many years. We wanna be a city where everyone's identity is embraced and that there are spaces and communities that we can help support. Oh, there are spaces and communities that we can help support. So we can look at a bunch of people by their skin color and say, don't eat with us. Don't come to this dinner party. That's what we used to call racism. You might know that back in the day when we were having a civil rights movement, black people wanted to get into say white country clubs and there was a bunch of white people that said, we want to have our own white spaces and they were known as the racists back in the day. That's what you people would call the white supremacists of our day. If a bunch of white people wanted to have dinner with no colored people, as you call them, you'd call them racist. So it's racist whichever way it goes. But she continued. I think we've we've had individual conversations with everyone so people understand that it was truly just a, an honest mistake that went out in, in typing the email field and um, I look forward to celebrating with everyone at the holiday parties that we will have besides this one as well. So um, it is my intention that we can again um, be a city that lives our values and create space for all kinds of communities to come together. She's saying everything at no and nothing at once, right? We should have parties for everybody. We had this party for the colors. We'll have some other parties for some other people. It was a typo. Like these people are just absolutely worthless and we have put them into the system. They're not worthless. They are useful idiots. She strikes me as a useful idiot. I don't know who is pulling the strings behind her. She doesn't seem particularly bright. And it's like, lady, you're racist now. You, if you imagine, if you're just a white guy in Boston, you're Larry Bird. You're wandering. Why wouldn't you, Larry Bird? Why wouldn't you invite Larry Bird to your Boston dinner party? That's everybody's dream to have in Boston to have dinner with Larry Bird. Give me another. Give me a hockey player up Tom in Boston. Brady. Who? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Give me a couple more Boston white people. We got Larry Bird. Tom Brady. Bill Belichick. 
Belichick. Bill Belichick. Do we have anyone not involved in sports in Boston? Oh, what about Ted Danson from Cheers? Uh, that was in Boston. Connor, give me something here. I always turn to you for white references. Give me one more, one more a hockey player from Boston. Uh, I don't watch hockey. Bill Burr. Is he from Boston? We're told he's from Boston. Okay. Anyway. That would be a great white dinner. I would enjoy that dinner. Anyway, um, Michelle Wu, I want to throw back to something during COVID. So you remember our summer of love when Black Lives Matter was rampaging through everything, Antifa, and in the name of tolerance and diversity, they were burning down stores and beating people and all that. Uh, here she is during those riots, uh, warning people about white supremacy. Across the Boston Police Department, the uh, transit police, the state police, the FBI, and all of our partners in law enforcement and public safety, there is constant communication about the impending um, actions of any known groups. We continue to monitor the situation and to work closely with community members. Most of all, we want to ensure that community members are empowered in uh, communicating anything that you may see or hear or uh, read about on social media to, to please err on the side of reaching out to local public safety officials so that we can have the most information at hand. And we will continue to work in partnership with community members as we strategize and plan and coordinate um, to respond to not one-off incidents, but this growing rise and trend in white supremacy. Yes, because you do remember all of the white people in the name of reigning supreme who were burning down all of the buildings. It's all nonsense. You, I know you guys get it. I know you get it. More importantly than anything she said right there, I got a list of a couple other great white people from Boston. You got your Ben Affleck, you got Mark Wahlberg, you got Matt Damon, Barbara Walters, Steve Carell, John F. Kennedy. White people. Is there anything better? Anyway, uh, let's jump over to uh, what's going on in Congress. Uh, we're not up to the butt sex thing yet. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, something else did happen. Uh, Congress, you know, they have these hearings. And mostly in these hearings, it's people being exposed to be complete idiots. And nothing really happens afterwards. Uh, but here is a really interesting video. This is Congressman Greg Murray uh, talking to the secretary of the Smithsonian, Lonnie G. Bunch III, and you will see how anti-white woke propaganda has even leaked into the Smithsonian. Enjoy. This is in the Smithsonian, assumptions about white culture. And it says rugged individualism, family structure, emphasis on scientific method, history, Protestant work ethic, religion, no tolerance from deviation from a single God concept. This is absolute anti-racial propaganda. Why would anything like this be in the Smithsonian Institute? Now, it's my understanding, what I think you're seeing, I can't really see it, is- You should be very well versed in this. You were the head of the Smithsonian at the no, time. No, let me explain. What it is, is there was a document that is the whiteness document that was put up online that I took down immediately because I think that the document itself was wrong and flawed. I do think, however, it's important for the Smithsonian to help the country grapple with questions of race. So I'm not going to run away from that. But I agree with you very much that that document is not the kind of document that should be at the Smithsonian. And if it's what I think it is, I pulled that down. How does this help us with race? That's All why it I does pulled it down. is divide us. This is divisive language 
saying that white people, any, we don't tolerate any deviation except a single God concept. Like how, I said, how is that helpful? I don't understand that. I, I, I wish someone could explain that to me. I want to give the uh, the head of the Smithsonian credit for just a moment, which is that they did actually take that document down. And and what he said related to the Smithsonian and, and any museum that it's relevant, dealing with the issues of race in an honest way would be just fine, right? Like that's like a kid in a public school learning about race, learning about an honest assessment of history. Nobody's debating that. The reason I'm showing you that is the fact that that document was part of a Smithsonian exhibition, that it was on their website, that it got in there in the first place, tells you all you need to know about the people that are, are running the Smithsonian. It tells you all you need to know about, again, how this thing has infected all of our institutions. So yes, it is just fine that you took it down, that you did the right thing when you were exposed, right? But the fact that that got there, that kids learned from that, that ima imagine you're a white kid at the Smithsonian with your class and you walk into the Smithsonian, you walk into any museum where they're, where they're teaching any of this nonsense, and you, by the nature of your skin color, are the guilty one. And then let's flash forward a little bit. So now you're taught that. You're in your sixth, seventh grade, you go to the Smithsonian, you read about how basically you're a white supremacist and your ancestors were all evil and everything else. Now you're in high school and you're applying for colleges and suddenly you realize that it's gonna be much harder for you to get into a college because you're white and because equity has now been pushed into all of these colleges, uh, they're gonna take the black kid instead of you. But you make it into some school, not a school that you should have got into, you make it into some other school because they're discriminating against you as a white person or a Jewish person, or they're, by the way, they're doing it to Asians too. I don't think Wu realizes that in Boston. But now it's a little also harder to get into grad school, or it's a little harder to get that job at that company because they have a DEI uh, program in their, in their system as well. Do you see how this could lead to an actual collapse of the entire American system when you take out meritocracy, when you take out believing that the individual is the most important thing and you unearth all of the old racism, you just repackage the racism that we all got rid of? But where does this all stem from? It stems now, or how has it burst forth? It's from raising an entire generation, if not two generations in America into thinking that they are either the oppressors or the oppressed. I wanna show you something from uh, Chris Rufo over at the Manhattan Institute who's been on the show a bunch of times. He tweeted this out, this is wild. Shock, 79% of Americans between 18 and 24 believe that white people are oppressors and that this ideology should be favored today at universities and for employment. The racial retrograde has begun, and he shows a couple charts there laying that out. Do you realize how absolutely dangerous this is, guys? America, the idea of America, you're tired and you're poor and you're huddled masses, and as I always say, guys, every single person watching this, whether you're first generation, second generation, third generation, or your parents came, your ancestors came on the Mayflower, just think of every, every, I just know this, every single one of you watching this with almost no exception, you have it so much better than your ancestors did. I damn well know I did, right? My grandfather growing up in a room with, where his father passed away when he was two years old and he grew up in a one bedroom tenement in the Lower East Side with six brothers and sisters. Like, and everyone has stories like that, but why did their ancestors come here? It was because there was the promise of this place, 
known as the United States of America, where it didn't matter what color you were or what religion you were or any of those other things. And now they've dumped sexuality into it and gender and everything else. But we had we had we had the dream. And the question is, do we have it anymore? Are we actually getting to the point where we've sort of crossed the uncanny valley and we will not have this anymore? Like maybe we are kind of there, but we better damn well fight because if we're not there, we still have a chance. But if you want to see how this infects absolutely everything, check out this tweet from NBC News. It just infects everything. NBC, NBC News, this is the news organization of NBC. When you buy Santa pajamas for your kids, do you pause to examine the color of Santa's skin? When you have black children, one parent says, it's important to know they, uh, it's important they know someone as magical and a, and a, it's so stupid, I can't even read it. When you have black children, one parent says, it's important they know someone as magical and as amazing as Santa can be black like them too. Now, first off, look, they, they capitalize black. Black should not be capitalized. Black is a color. It's a big zippity-dippity. It shouldn't be capitalized. But also, when you have black children, one parent says, guys, NBC News went to one parent and one parent felt that. And then they tweet that out and millions of people see it. Uh, by the way, NBC News, they have an entire section on their website dedicated to black people. Check this out, NBC BLK. Stories, issues, and opinions for the African-American perspective. Uh, Connor, uh, could you go over to NBC News right now and, and do they have a white section? Is there NBC WHT? Do they have the white section over at, they, no, it's not pages, pages down. <laughs> Error 303. Anyway, you guys get it. Look, on the racial front, this is what they've done with this oppressed oppressor thing, right? So black people are oppressed and whites are the oppressor. But what about the gender front, right? It's that men are the oppressors and women are the oppressed. So here is Will Ferrell, Hollywood actor Will Ferrell, who is, uh, Ferrell, Ferrell, Will Ferrell? Yeah, that sounds weird to me. Is Hollywood actor Will Ferrell, he is at the Women in Entertainment Gala held at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And here he is explaining that the day of the man is coming to a close. Forget about the entertainment world. Isn't it, isn't it just time? Isn't it just time for women to run the planet? I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not just trying to placate you, I swear. But I don't know what else to do because we, men, uh, we've been running the show since what, 10,000 BC, something like that. And we're not doing so good. So please, can you guys just take over? I'm not trying to placate you. Here's the most pandering, drivelous nonsense I could possibly say. Yes, okay, women just run the world. Men retire. Men, stop working underground, you know, in septic tanks and buildings and climbing high to do all these crazy things and getting out there and doing engineering and f fixing things. Stop doing it. Women will just take over. Women will, they want like some sort of like bizarro, woke Planet of the Apes situation. That really is what these people want. They, men will live in cages and women will run rampant and lesbians will take over and blah. It's just, like that really is my blowjob theory in action right there. Like, will, I have just no doubt that Will Ferrell's wife 
is a feminist, right? And this guy, and he also works in Hollywood, so he wants to stay in good with the wokes. But at the end of the day, does he really think women should rule? It's just nonsense. Saying women should rule the world is as nonsensical as saying just men should rule the world, right? Like, you should judge people individually. Some women are great authors, some men are great authors, but not every woman, like, you get it, you get it. Anyway, the guy just wants a blowjob. He just wants a blowjob, but, but who doesn't at the end of the day? Uh, but guys, this is exactly, this thing is exactly why woke is, is wrong, it's immoral, and it's evil because it's, it eliminates equal justice under the law and due process, right? Instead of being judged on your actions, you are judged on your immutable characters. characters. There was a guy, MLK, you may have heard of him, he wanted his children and his grandchildren to not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. But they've done this, of course, with race. And they have done this with gender, and now they are doing it with sexuality. And uh, I just have to warn you before we do this segment, I don't know what's gonna come out of my mouth. We're gonna show you some strange pictures. And, uh, a guy got, uh, well, how are we gonna say this? How are we gonna say this? Well, here, let's just show you a tweet. Uh, we'll show you a tweet. I think we're blurring something out. Uh, exclusive, Senate staffer caught filming gay sex tape in Senate hearing room. And uh, yes, uh, it's true. Uh, Greg Price, who's an actual journalist, he tweeted this out, can confirm that the Senator Cardin staffer who filmed himself having sex in a Senate hearing room is this guy, Aiden Mays Saparsky. He's also the same guy who yelled free Palestine at Jewish representative Max Miller on Wednesday. Uh, here's an image of Aiden with the President of the United States. Yeah, so there, and then, well, beneath it is him doing his thing. Um, I'd rather not have a referendum on uh, gay sex or sex in general or whatever. People have sex in all sorts of weird places. Like, I don't know how this kid did not think this was going, but not only was the guy banging him filming it, that's one thing, but like, they have cameras in these places. There are cameras basically everywhere. Did he not realize or did he want to get caught or anything else? Uh, anyway, uh, he got uh, he got banged and then he got fired. Uh, here we go from NBC News. They finally, look at this, NBC is on a tear. Look at this fucking headline. So Ben Cardin's office has parted ways with a staffer who conservative news outlets alleged was shown in a leaked video having sex in the Senate hearing room. What do you mean conservative news outlets alleged it? Here's the picture. It's conservative, this guy, I mean, he's he's on a ledge. I don't know if that has anything to do with a ledge. Oh, and by the way, even, even, even funnier part of this thing, it turns out that it was Amy Klobuchar's chair. There's Amy Klobuchar. Let's go back to the picture of the guy. He's on Amy Klobuchar's chair. One more time to Amy Klobuchar. And, and it's alleged, it's alleged. NB, everyone at NBC should be fired. Like that place should go under today. It didn't, they, the conservative news outlets are pouncing because some guy got pounded and we'd But now I wanna show you something that is the entire thesis of today's show. Because if you view the world in the oppressed oppressor narrative, then even if you are getting ass blasted on the Senate floor, you will figure out a way to consider yourself the victim. So here is now the statement from Aiden Mass Serposky, the guy who this, did this thing. Uh, here's his response. This has been a difficult, wait, I'll try to do this in a gay voice. This has been a difficult time for me as I've been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. 
While some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment, I love my job and I would never disrespect my workplace. Any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated and I will be exploring all the legal options that are available to me in these matters. As for accusations regarding Max Miller, I have never seen the congressman and I have no opportunity or cause to yell or confront him. Yay. Um, I'm sorry, put the statement up one more time because the, the I just, there's one part of this that is just mind blowing to me. First off, well, no, there's a couple things. So it's not, no one's attacking him for who he is. He probably got the job in part because he's gay in the first place. But they're saying, as I have been attacked for who I love, it's not who you love. Should I draw it? I don't even know what I can do at this point. Like, you can't do that in the Senate. <laughs> the senators are usually screwing us, the American people, but that's a metaphor. You can't actually do it with these people. But put the thing up again, put it up again. Uh, and then I love, I love my job and I would never disrespect my workplace. I'm just telling both of you right now, if either of you ever <laughs> on that desk right there, <laughs> Phoenix is like, that's it. I'm out of here. He just retired right now. It's insane. Uh, anyway, it's important that in government, in the society that we live in, that we have respectful people in the government, right? We have to have a, a certain degree of decency, of decorum, et cetera, et cetera. And we found this new Joe Biden uh, campaign video that I thought maybe would help clean things up. Character is on the ballot. Compassion is on the ballot. Decency, science, democracy, they're all on the ballot. Who we are as a nation, what we stand for, and most importantly, who we want to be, that's all on the ballot. How old are you, 17? And the choice could not be more clear. God bless the internet. Uh, by the way, I just got a uh, text that apparently uh, he's, Aiden has issued another statement, and he's saying that uh, he, the only reason he did that was because uh, he respects the senator so much that he just thought he would bend over backwards for him. <laughs> That's an old joke from the Golden Girls. Uh, anyway, uh, what is the end result of all of this? <laughs> well, I think the end, oh God, it'll be a miracle. It'll be a miracle if this show is put out there. Um, let's go to uh, a clip that we showed you last week because I think this actually guides this thing quite well. Uh, this is Jordan Peterson explaining to Kathy Newsom, uh, sorry, this is Jordan Peterson explaining to Kathy Newman, not Newsom, uh, that the philosophy behind the social justice warriors, this thing of putting us all into these boxes and, and just unearthing all of the evil and repackaging it and everything else, that it's the same exact ideology that was ushered in by some of the worst people of all time. In this case, he's talking about China's Mao Zedong. Take a look. Comparing them with, you know, Chairman Mao, who no, just saw the, the deaths of millions of people. Well, just the even activists. if the activists... You know, they're trans people too. They have a right to say these things. Yeah, but they don't Isn't have a right to speak for their whole community. To compare them to Chairman Mao or, you know, I could, Pinochet, Augusto Pinochet. I mean, you know, this is grossly insensitive. No, I didn't compare them to Pinochet. Well, I did compare them to He Mao. was an authoritarian. He was a right winger, though. I was comparing them to the left wing totalitarians. Okay. And I do believe Mao, they are left wing Mao, totalitarians. Under Mao, millions of people died. Right. I mean, there's no comparison between That's... Mao and a trans activist, is there? Why not? Because trans activists aren't killing millions of people? The philosophy that's guiding their utterances is the same philosophy. 
You're saying that trans activists no. could lead to the deaths of millions of people. What no, I'm saying that the philosophy that drives their utterances is the same philosophy that already has driven us to the deaths of millions of people. Okay, tell us how that philosophy is in any way comparable. Sure, that's no problem. The first thing is, is that the philosophy presumes that group identity is paramount. That's the fundamental philosophy that drove the Soviet Union and Maoist China. And it's the fundamental philosophy of the left-wing activists. It's identity politics. It doesn't matter who you are as an individual. It matters who you are in terms of your group identity. Do you guys realize that the transition, we went from the guy doing butt stuff, and then we showed you a video where they're talking about Mao Zedong? But do we have a laugh track? We don't have the laugh track here somewhere? Or Mao Zedong? Uh, anyway, the point of what Jordan is laying out there is that this movement, which Elon Musk is saying must die, right? D-E-I must die. What Jordan is now saying is that it is the same, it is the same notion that people get in their brains that we should judge everybody by these ridiculous things. And then you end up killing an awful lot of people because it's deeply anti-human. Now I wanna connect this to something else. This is, this is really wild because you can combine, you can connect this to the depopulation movement. So this is Bill Gates speaking at the World Economic Forum in 2008, talking to Klaus Schwab, uh, and he's explaining uh, his mission to depopulate the third world. Depopulate, less people there. Now, that kind of sounds anti-human, and he's saying it to be positive. L listen to the backwards rationality here. What would you like to see as your legacy in 10, 15 years? Uh, of the new work? Of the new work, yeah. yeah. If your new function. Well, I, I set very ambitious goals because I'm quite optimistic. If you look at, say, the, the 20 diseases uh, that our global health program goes after, I hope that within 15 years, over half of those, we could have had a very dramatic impact. You know, huge change in the uh, mortality rates in developing countries, which then has this effect of reducing population growth. That's the this big benefit mm. that then makes everything like education and nutrition a lot easier. So I, I have very high expectations. You get the circular thing he's doing there. So on one hand, it sounds like he's doing something good, right? I want to eliminate these diseases. That kind of sounds good, even though for some reason it seems like he had something to do with COVID and he's now become the largest farmland owner in the United States and there's a whole bunch there. But he's saying, okay, we want to eliminate these diseases. That sounds good. But why does he want to eliminate these diseases? Because he knows that when you eliminate these diseases and then societies get a little healthier, people have less children. So then he's, he's pushing depopulation as a good thing. These people are deeply, deeply anti-human. So what can you do about them? What can you do? Well, you can laugh at them. You can make fun of them. Elon Musk, not a fan of Bill Gates. He put this one up in case you need to lose a boner fast. This has really been a theme of a show. Look at that. <laughs> Elon Musk looking like the pregnant man emoji. And yes, that is an actual emoji on your iPhone. They have a pregnant man emoji. Uh, the other thing, of course, that you can do to these people is not just make fun of them, but you can basically tell them to go F themselves. You might remember this clip of Elon about two weeks ago. The approach to um, some of the stuff you're doing with, with AI has been very specific, right? There's not a let, let the chips fall where they may approach to those businesses, I don't think. No, we focus on making the best products. And, and, and Tesla's gotten to where it's gotten with no advertising at all. 
I understand that. Tesla currently sells uh, two, twice as much uh, in terms of electric vehicles as the rest of uh, electric car makers in, in the United States combined. Tesla has done more to help the environment than uh, all other companies combined. It would be fair to say that, therefore, as a leader of the company, I've done more for the environment than everyone else, any single human on Earth. How do you feel about that? No, I, no, how do I feel about that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm asking you personally how you feel about that, because this goes, we're talking about power and influence and... I'm, and saying, I'm saying what I, what, what I care about is the, the reality of goodness, not the perception of it. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. F*** them. Okay? Okay, so what can you do? You can make fun of them, right? So that's the Bill Gates emoji tweet, right? Then you can tell them to F off, right? That's good too. But what's really the thing you can do? It's actually the third thing. And the third thing is that you can promote virtue by offering a more positive vision for the world. I'm very, I'm very pro-human. I'm very pro-civilization. I'm in favor of uh, humanity um, and, and our collective consciousness expanding um, on Earth and going beyond Earth, um, being a multi-planet species, a space-bearing civilization, and being out there among the stars and finding out the nature of the universe. Like, all the things that, you know, it's... That seems like, to me, an, an, you know, exciting thing, something you can get really excited about, is, is you can get excited. Like, we, we want to have ideas that make you look forward to waking up in the morning, look forward to the day, look forward to the future. And, you know, so you have to say, what, what excites you about the future? What moves your heart about the future? What makes you say, like, yes, I'm glad about what will happen in the future? That's what we must, you know, focus on. And that's, that's why we have to have a new generation. We've got to build and we've got to grow. And, and uh, like I said, we understand this, understand the... The, the, the nature of this beautiful universe that we find ourselves in and the meaning of life or even what questions to ask about, you know, the meaning of life. Um, let us explore this wondrous creation and, and have a good time doing it. Yeah. That's my philosophy. <laughs> That'd be Go humans! Go humans! Yes! Team humanity! Right? Like, that's it. That's it, and we all know it. It's not whittling us down to our genitals and our skin color and the rest of this nonsense. Like, there is an incredible universe to explore, and that guy is literally doing it with rocket ships. Like, it might be within our lifetime. It actually almost undoubtedly will be in our lifetime, unless they totally sabotage him, that we will get some sort of colony on another planet, Mars or elsewhere, that we will start uncovering the great mysteries of the universe. Maybe we meet alien life forms, the, the litany of things that we can think of and, and things that we cannot think of that are all like right there. They're right in front of us if we just have that sense of adventure and we wanna, and we wanna do what humans have always done, which is climb the highest mountain and then find another highest mountain to go climb. And they don't do it going, well, how many black people and how many lesbians are joining me on this trip? You find the best people to go do those things. And I guarantee you, by the way, that's what Elon Musk is gonna do as he sends rocket ships into space and as he builds electric cars and everything else, right? So I'm not sitting here worshiping the guy. I'm just saying, here's a guy that's 
pretty popular, that has a lot of influence, that's doing good stuff, and maybe we should all be a little bit more like that and following those dreams. That, that's what makes a lot more sense. And, and, and then contrast that to a guy like Bill Gates who's like, I'll solve diseases so that we have less people on earth because I'm the good guy. Like the human desire to reproduce, to explore, like it is so innate. When I am playing with these kids in the morning, just like I was this morning, and they're climbing all over the couch, we don't have dining room chairs anymore. We had to move all of our chairs out of the dining room because they're climbing up chairs to get on the table so they can get on the table so they can climb on something else. And it's like, we had to, because, because it is innate in humans to explore, to climb, to dream, all of those things. So how about do that instead of getting banged on the Senate floor? I'm Dave Rubin. We've got a post-game show for you at rubinreport.locals.com in just a second. Oh, it's me Monday also. Here's my meme that I put up at the, at the Locals community. This is Jalen. <laughs> I'm in a lot of trouble after today's. Thank God I'm, in, I'm the owner and operator of this production company. Otherwise, we could be in a lot of trouble. Uh, my full interview with Ted Cruz is up uh, all about, it's actually kind of about some of the things we discussed today. Uh, as a reminder, we have a new Twitter account, at Ruben Report Show, if you want to catch clips from the show. Uh, we have a long, cold close here for you involving my friend Michael Knowles, but I think you're going to enjoy it, and we'll see everybody uh, at the post-game show in just a moment. Come into this conversation, you know, trying to hold this moral superiority, but then when I... I, no, when I, I, I try use, to be moral when I can, but I... Right, but when I use inclusive language, which it only takes a couple extra syllables to use inclusive language. To include and who? It seems to include people who don't, you know, identify as women, but can become pregnant. So, like a person who's born a woman, and then identifies as a man mm -hmm. and is pregnant. Yeah. So you're telling me that in order to be a moral person, I need to accept the idea that a man, someone who is born a man and looks like a man, can really become a woman. That's, that's a, a prerequisite of my being a moral person. I mean, yes, to, to me it is, because if you are trying to deny someone of their identity and deny what their life experience is, then that doesn't seem like a moral stance to me. I want to be accepting and I want to respect people's life experiences and respect the way that they want to identify and respect the way that they want to present themselves to the world. Bronte, I would yes. like to identify, I do identify actually, mm -hmm. as the correct person on this issue of abortion. Okay. I identify as being correct and more correct than you on this issue. And I would just ask that you accept and affirm my uh, identity. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.